right, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. And we're your hosts. I'm the experienced veteran. And I'm the Voyagin. <laughs> um, and so normally we start with a bit of banter, but not this week. We have a PSA for you, and we need you to do something. Specifically, we need a few people in a few specific places to do something for us. Uh-huh. Um, so I love... Uh, looking at our stats, where we are with everything. You're a stat junkie. I do. I love the stats. And we have one state that refuses to listen to us. Well, they just haven't yet. They haven't yet. <laughs> but There's I re- been no protests <laughs> that we know of. They haven't made a firm statement on it, but they have not listened to us. And so every other state is darker. And then there's just one state that's lighter and it's driving me bananas. Yeah, their silence is making a statement. Yeah, exactly. And that is the state of Wyoming. So what do we want them to do, Clayton? What we would love is for our (laughs) listeners in the surrounding states to take a little trip, day trip to Wyoming and start knocking on some doors. We need a ground game going for Wyoming. So we're putting out a call to people from Montana, South Dakota, Nebraska, (laughs) Colorado, Utah, and Idaho. You're all bordering Wyoming. Mm -hmm. So... Just take it. That's take a fun day trip. There's got to be bed and breakfast in Wyoming. Although I was doing some research for the first time ever about Wyoming, and it is the least populous state in the all the union. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why it'd be harder to find somebody to listen to the podcast uh, from there. Mm-hmm. But still, it's really not an excuse. No, it's not an excuse that there's uh, nobody there. Well, even like. I, we would love people to knock on doors, but if you know somebody who lives in Wyoming, shoot them a text, give them a call, slide into their DM, say, hey, listen to this. Mm-hmm. And we would love, I mean, we, we, wanna, we want everybody to enjoy romance. And the, fa- the thought that there's somebody in Wyoming who doesn't have romance in their life makes me really sad. Yeah. So if you know anyone in Casper, give them a call. Uh-huh. I know that's the only Casper, Wyoming. Yeah, yeah, that's the only one I can think of. That's fu- that's more than I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> but it it does look like a beautiful state. Yeah, and honestly, if we could, we would go to Wyoming. Why not? We're just so busy. We got We're a thing. So busy. You got that thing. I've got my thing. Mm-hmm. They're separate things, but they're mo- both important mm-hmm. things. So it's just hard. It's just you know this year it's flying by. Oh, it is. It's, I, it's 2019 already. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard, you know, work and family. I know. Yeah. yeah, It's a lot. I get, uh, but on a serious note, we are thankful for all of our listeners. Thank you very much. We would appreciate it if you have family in Wyoming or friends, just, you know. But the people who are engaging with us and listening are are doing a great job of rating and reviewing Mm -hmm. on Apple Podcasts, which is really important for our reach. And uh, keep doing that. Could reach someone in Wyoming, possibly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we love that. We love that we're getting emails and Instagram comments and, and Twitter followers and all the places that we are uh, and Spotify listens because <laughs> we have that Spotify playlist that I made. Yeah. That I hope people like. Which brings us to this week's book because not one, but two people recommended it. So we were like, we got to got to get it. Mm-hmm. And then it was a Kindle Unlimited. So we downloaded it immediately. We didn't have to wait for payday. Um, so the first one, I, I don't have unlimited, so I had to move some money around, but <laughs> you did. Yeah, I'm doing all right. <laughs> all right. So the first email, hi, Aaron and Clayton. 
I just wanted to email you guys to say how much I've enjoyed your podcast. It's awesome to experience romance again through the eyes of a newbie. Thanks, Clayton. (laughs) He waved. Um, And I'm loving the wide number of tropes and genres you guys have tried lately. I do have to confess that I love Ice Planet Barbarians. Us too. Mm-hmm. Bechtel and Georgie, like we could forget. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> though, but only as a tongue-in-cheek sci-fi romance. It is a sci-fi romance, so. Yeah. That's how you sh- how it should be enjoyed. And there's tongues in other places. Mm, yeah. And horns. I'm not sure how big the to-be-read pile is for the podcast, but I was hoping to suggest a couple. Okay, more than a couple. And she suggests a few, one of them being uh, Karina Hale's smut which is what we read this week but she also uh recommended kylie scott's lick which is part of the stage life series and we already read play so go back and and listen to that one uh weirdly all of these authors names start with a k they're all contemporary but i think these authors do a great job of developing their relationship and allowing their characters to be real if that makes sense it does uh i look forward to next week's episode have a wonderful rest of the week sincerely carrie nice carrie thank you thank you um, do you want to read the second one? Because we got two this week. Sure. Pass me the... Oh, I have my own paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from Krista. Hi, Aaron and Clayton. I just finished binging on all your episodes. While I really do not need another podcast on my regular <laughs> listens list, yours was exactly what I needed this week. Thank mm-hmm. you for helping me through some hard work days. I love listening to your discussions and opinions, and I'm very much looking forward to future episodes. Hey. So sweet. On your 10th episode, you were talking about smut, and when you used the word, it made me think of a book that I read last year with exactly that title, Smut. It's kind of fun with this storm, eh? She wrinkles her nose. Fun? It's frightening. Yeah, but being frightened is fun, I tell her. Remember when we used to go on night hikes and I would take off with the flashlight and leave you alone in the dark? Oh yeah, real fun, she says dryly. You were the cruelest child, you know that? Scarred me for life. I can't help but smirk. Oh, come on, that's why you liked me. Everyone else was too boring. Everyone else was normal, she says, and then blinks, as if catching herself saying the wrong thing. I'm not offended. I know that out of everyone in my private school for rich bitches and the silver spoon elite, I was the resident weirdo. I tried to hide it, and still do, lest I risk the look of utter disappointment on my mother's face every time I slip into geekdom. Well, normal is overrated. I did enjoy it, but I also had some issues with it, probably because I'm too old. Winky smiley face. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure it would be a good book to have a discussion about, so maybe something for the podcast? Okay. Uh, Best wishes from Switzerland, Krista. Switzerland. Yeah. Now, not to give away your location because it's not your exact location, but we do have an international reach. Listen, if someone in Switzerland can listen to us, someone in Wyoming can listen to us is all I'm saying. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you agree? Yes. We've had emails from France and Switzerland. Yeah. This isn't even their first language that they're listening to us. No. Wyoming, it's in English. Yes. So thank you for your emails. Thank you for your recommendations. And I do agree when she said, I had some issues with this. <laughs> well, before we get into the discussion, uh-huh. what do we think of the cover? And I would say I really like the cover. Yes, I love the the bare legs. I love the fact that the sheets are all messed up. 
Uh, Smut is written in a really cool kind of font. The uh, colors are really fun. It's yeah. Like pinky and purples. It's like ones you don't normally see. It's definitely a book that would entice me. Yeah. Because and, and the word smut is just so fun to say. Mm-hmm. What was what happened in this book? What was this book about, Clayton? Okay, so this book. <laughs> Wait, because we did put it out to the people of if we should have Clayton go back to just trying to wade through figuring out how, what happened in the book. And people overwhelmingly said they loved it. Ugh. So it's back, Clayton. You, you're no more flapping for you. <laughs> Not on the podcast, at least. <laughs> You asked, I listened. This book is about Amanda and Blake, two university students in Canada? Yeah. Right? That are in a creative writing class together. Amanda does not like Blake because Blake is an a Englishman, I guess, uh, who is kind of a jerk and a ladies' man. She is nerdy and smart and... They get put together in a project to write a book together. They get together in this assignment and they realize that not only do they have chemistry behind the typewriter, (laughs) I guess the computer. Yeah. They have chemistry between the sheets. Yes. That's what it's about. That's it. And listen... (laughs) (laughs) we always do try to find the best in books because Mm -hmm. like clayton and i have said we are not writers or like novelists ourselves yeah so you know we don't want to bash anyone's hard work this one was tough Mm -hmm. because they get together they do the class assignment and then afterwards uh blake decides that there is just a gold mine in self-publishing on amazon um and especially erotica erotica not romance and Mm -hmm. so he even though they keep in this book they keep calling it romance when it's not romance they're talking about erotica so they write one book it seems like and then put it up and make seems like a crazy amount of money because then blake is able to save his father's bookshop and uh, amanda no longer has to depend on her parents for money and i don't know a ton about the amazon self-publishing game admittedly Uh i don't think it's that easy or lucrative off the bat this book makes it seem like you can write one book and kind of write it as a goof with no respect for the people who actually do it and try to do it well and you can become rich like you said and then the world is your oyster and i i don't think that's true either Mm -hmm. but i think the thing that was Heart like that really made me turn on this book too is how much they were shitting on the romance industry. The concept of this story is great. Like the elevator pitch of this book, I'm in. Yeah. Like it seems great. But these are truly the two most unlikable characters mm-hmm. we've read. Yes. And then they were so dismissive of the genre where it was really upsetting to then see them get the su- the success because if they were shitting on the genre, but then they're like, oh, we realize it is really hard work or you do have to kind of care about it, then, okay, that's redeeming. But it's like they just shat on everything and then became big successes. And they wrote the book in a very short window of time where they would be writing a chapter, then fuck, yeah. go back to writing a chapter, and then 
oh, then it's a huge success. Like, so they got to just <laughs> write this book and in between, well, they were fucking and then in between writing a book. Right. But it, writing a book, any kind of book is is more difficult than how they're describing it. This was told in the first person, but each of them like, you know, uh, switched off with it. She was so cruel and mean to everyone around her. Because everybody else was an idiot. Everyone else was an idiot because they didn't like the Avengers because they weren't into Thor Mm -hmm. or Loki. And I think that there is this thing with genre where it's like, because I am really into this genre and makes me better than somebody who's into this other thing. Which I just drives me insane because it's like I'm not into sci-fi in general. I understand it has merits and I understand there are aspects about it that you would like. And I don't think being into sci-fi or not being into sci-fi has anything to do with you as a person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, it just really frustrates me how it's like I'm I'm smart because I'm into sci-fi. The other thing is this is ostensibly a satire of the industry and romance novels but it's actually erotica. But they call it romance novels, so... Yeah. If you are going to write a book that is satirizing the quality of writing of romance and erotica books, your book has to be great. Mm-hmm. It has to have really good writing. And this book fell short for me. Mm-hmm. Not to judge people's writing skills, but this seems like a book written by somebody who has read one erotica book. It didn't seem it didn't seem like somebody who had intimate knowledge of these genres. And she's written a ton of books. So use that and make something that's a little bit more incisive for people who read this stuff. And maybe it would have been over my head, but that's okay because I'm a virgin. (laughs) Right. But you would have maybe gotten a lot of it and you could have explained it to me. But now we're in the same level. A, 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 A novice like myself, and an expert like you, read this and get the same thing out of it. That's not how this book should be if it's a send-up of the industry. Yeah, and I do think the industry, like, you could do a send-up of the industry. I'm not, like, humorless. Like, I do think there are aspects that you could make fun of, and there's there's a lot of richness there to make it very interesting. So that's the thing that's also so frustrating because it also isn't a send-up of the industry because it takes them so long to write the book to start. Like, you're, we're at after 50% before they get started, I think. They never interact with another romance writer. They never interact with fans. They never, inter- like... So how are you like, it's not a send up of the romance novel like culture because you never participate in it mm-hmm. ever the entire time. And then all of a sudden, all these 99 cent books on Amazon are printed and then you're in the bookstore signing them at the end. <laughs> yeah. which I was like, who who did this? <laughs> yeah. What are you signing? A Kindle? Uh-huh. <laughs> it drove me crazy. And we hate to be I mean, that's the thing is that I want to be open minded about all these these things and I want to be open minded about these books. And I wouldn't be adverse to reading one of the author's legitimate romance or erotica books that are not trying to be satirical. Because mm-hmm. I'd like to see what she – her take on the genre. And I'd be open to that. But it, it just – yeah, it just – it seemed to mean spirited. Oh, the amount that he also talked about his dick to her before they were dating, before they were having sex, where I was like – is this is getting to be harassment? Yes, he was harassing her, and he was saying, "I, I should just whip it out." Yeah, I, I didn't like that. Do you want to see my veiny cock? No. Yeah. No one ever does. Well, that's the thing, and I, I think we talked about this earlier. Is that 
I think I'm maybe a more of a prude than you are, at least yeah, with probably. what I'm reading, just because you're so, uh, you know, you're desensitized to a lot of this stuff now. And for me, I'm not used to reading books that have all this graphic sex in it. So when he was being so coarse in the way he spoke, even to Amanda, a, a character that I don't really even respect, it, it, it made me sick. It made me really upset that this guy who has no wit, is not a clever person, is just walking around talking about whipping his penis out. This is not a fun person. This is not a person that I want to read about. No. And, and there was one section that I did like where they're doing a lot of fucking and they're still writing the book. And Amanda realizes she's starting to write very uh, romantic moments in the book where it was used to be just erotica. And I like that because she was being satisfied sexually in life. And so therefore she was looking for love and trying to make that happen through writing it and hoping that Blake got the idea maybe that, oh, this could be more. And of course, since this is a, well, it's ostensibly a romance, they do fall in love, but I like that. And I wish it could have been more of that. That's a really elegant kind of way to take something that's smutty and turn it into a romance. And I wanted to like this book. I go into every single one of these books that we read wanting to like it. I do not go into it thinking, oh, this will be great to rip into. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here for romance. I'm here for that spark that I want in my life right now. And to have it looked at with such kind of just, I don't want to say disdain that's too strong of a word, but it was just, it was just, there was no passion to this book. There was no passion to it at all. Mm -hmm. And, well, what did you think of the sex? Because this is an erotic, an erotic book. It's erotica. So sex this is important. an erotica. This is romance. This is ro- okay. I wouldn't say that this the that smut itself is an erotica. But the, what they're talking about, what they write, that's erotica. But what about the sex that they have? It's pretty graphic. Uh, erotica is not about like how graphic the sex is. So a romance is about the sen- is about the couple falling in love and their relationship. Okay. So that's what ha- makes it a romance. It has to have a happy ever after. Right. And it's a central romance. Exactly. Um, and the couple can you can the couple can never have sex or the couple can have a lot of sex. It that doesn't make a bearing on if it's a romance or not. Like what makes it erotica as I understand it and email me if I'm wrong and I've been before is that the central story is about the sex. It's not about the romance. Okay. So that's the difference because this book is talking about erotica, but it's mm-hmm. not erotica. Right. It's a romance set in the world of writing erotica. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I thought the sex them itself was good and she's like a competent writer at sex scenes, like certainly. Sex in the library was cool. The sex in the library was great. Yeah. Her nose, his nose was on her asshole. And that's something some people might be into. That's cool. Yeah. Listen, sniff. You gotta sniff it. <laughs> Then they got chased out of the library. That was fun. Yeah. And like this, the the scene of them driving back to his house where like that was really sexually charged. And I liked that scene. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. But yeah, eventually it was just like a lot of sex that didn't. 
add up to much. Well, did it move the story forward? It wasn't. And that's I don't know. So it's like almost the second half of the book. Yeah, maybe it is erotica. Would you? <laughs> no. No, of course not. No. And what I think is funny, too, is that Blake is supposed to be from Yorkshire. Have you ever heard a Yorkshire accent? Uh, no, but I'm sure it was not how he was speaking. It was not how he was speaking. And also, it's like a very specific, like, a little bit guttural of an accent. Uh-huh. And it just isn't somebody like that. Sh- I think she was fancying him like, like she says at the end, like a Sam Claffin. And it's like, that's not a Yorkshire accent. Well, like a posh fellow. Yeah. But if you're from Yorkshire, you're not necessarily posh. Well, I mean, I, there are posh people in Yorkshire, sure. But, like, I think, like, your average person where he seemed like a pretty, like, middle class person. Like, if you are an English person and you read this book, please reach out to us. Because it was so odd, the Englishisms that would get in there. Yeah. But it wasn't consistent. Mm-mm. And it wasn't, like, the cadence of the way an English person speaks. It was so odd. And I'm, I'm telling you right now. If we get an email from someone from Yorkshire before we get a listener in Wyoming, <laughs> that's nuts. If you're in Yorkshire, email your cousin in Wyoming, <laughs> in Wyoming yes. and tell them to start listening. I think it's perfect. You know what? Actually, if you live in Yorkshire, it's beautiful. You're right by London. Uh, but move to Wyoming. Get a cheap flight to Wyoming. Get a cheap flight to Wyoming. <laughs> You'll love it. Grand open spaces and download our podcast, please, yeah. for the love of God. Um, Use the airport Wi-Fi. Yeah, you don't even have to leave. No, I mean, I don't, don't even leave the airport. <laughs> just download our podcast <laughs> on the airport Wi-Fi uh-huh. and fly back home. Yeah, a lot of deep sighing in this episode. I feel like <laughs> just a lot of deep sighs. Do you want it to just be ninety minutes of us sighing? Uh, yeah, I will have the mega mix. The All mega right, mix of sighing. I had the category of what are their signs, and then I just deleted it because I uh, didn't I don't care. care. Not worth it. Mm-mm, not no. worth it. All right. Goodreads list. Yay. You're going to be angry. No, yes. I love the lists. The lists are my favorite. You're not going to like the list this book is on. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Ready. Best rom-com books. No. <laughs> Take it off the list. No insta-love here. Contemporary romance only. I mean, yes. yes. That was not insta-love for That's sure. Best book boyfriends. No. <laughs> Take it off the list. <laughs> Come on, guys. Tighten it up with these lists. Blake was not a great boyfriend. No. Not when we have Edward from the Suffragette Scandal. Not when we have Michael from the Kiss Quotient Mm -hmm. or Carlos from the Proposal. Yeah. I would say everyone we've read about, including the vampire, are better boyfriends. (laughs) Yes. And he will someday suck that woman dry. He will either make her immortal against her will or die. And you know what? I take that over Blake. 100%. Yeah, call me. Off the list. Off the list. Uh, Writers who write about writers. True. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Although reading about writing is so boring. Watching Stephen King write is just watching somebody sit there. Oh, yeah. It's it's not do like in type on something. It's not great. It's boring. You don't think while he was writing like Dolores Claiborne in between, he'd have like these really graphic fuck sashes. Maybe. I mean, God help. Like, maybe. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to shut that door for him. Yeah, I don't think so. I did read on writing, which is a fantastic book. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that'll be my swoon. Well, there was no. Yeah, that's right. There was no times where he was talking about writing Carrie Mm -hmm. and then go uh, having 
anal sex in a library. Mm-hmm. That's what's missing from that book. From Carrie. I will say, no, no, from On Writing. Uh-oh. I will say if there was so, a few more graphic sex scenes in On Writing, it would be a better book. Yeah, if he just cataloged every time he had <laughs> sex while writing that book, like, I don't understand why not. Yeah. But, no, the the act of writing itself, I think people try to dramatize it. People try to make it more than it and is. And make it sexy. It's not. And make it, it's not sexy. Like, it is just somebody sitting down and doing the work. All right. Smut for the smart. <clears throat> nope. Hottest dirty talk. No. <laughs> uh, best ever contemporary romance books. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anything you say, unless it's uh, a fact about this book, will be a no for me. No. Yeah. yeah. What's the next list? That's that's them all. Good. Did you write down tropes? I did. I hate you. I love you. British hero? Yeah. Nerdy heroine. Mm. She made sure you knew it. Mm-hmm. Satire. Loki fetish. She talked about Loki all the time. Yeah. About him cosplaying as Loki, all that. Uh, pre-cum. Where pre-cum? There was pre-cum. He talked about pre-cum. All right. I didn't clock it, but okay. Uh, Metafiction? Yeah. Big cock. Mm. Big veiny cock. I thought about that when when he said, I thought about you. Mm-mm. You're not going to be able to look at a cock without thinking <laughs> no. of me. No. Anytime I see a cock, I think, you know, what would Aaron think of that cock? <laughs> Projectile vomiting. <laughs> you think that's funny? I think puking all the time as a character trait is funny. Okay. Well, it did. It wasn't funny in this book. No. Yeah. Just imagining somebody who just reacts to everything by vomiting. Like if I just vomited right now, that'd be funny. Not for Pat, because you have to clean it up. It'd be funny for me. I don't have to clean it up. Don't do it in my house, though. I'd be very upset. Not just like a cat. I won't just be like walking around and then just go. And then all of a sudden I just puke on your floor, but then just keep walking. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. It doesn't slow you down. And that's a good thing about cats. Or just start retching. Yeah. If you just fall, <laughs> if you just balled up a blanket on my couch. Yeah. And started retching over it. If we're watching like Bake Off and all of a sudden I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> and I just and pick you just you know up exactly and what to throw do. you out the door. <laughs> yeah. Like I do with the cats. I'm just in the Get hall. Get out of here. Vomit. <laughs> Uh, bookstore mm-hmm. and the mechanics of ebook publishing, <laughs> which was fascinating, you guys. I mean, it could, it is fascinating, but it was just such a it was just not even dug into in an interesting way in this book. That's it. OK. Uh, I had yeah, enemies to lovers, college, love, British hero, a Canadian setting, because it was interesting that it was in like a place that we don't normally read about. So I did like that. Fact. Can't tell you anything about it, though. About Victoria? This, yeah, from reading this book. Mm-mm. Well, all right. I think we're done. I think we're done here. <laughs> That's how it ends. <laughs> well, we could do what has you swooning this week, Clayton. Oh, thank you. So in the vein of books about writing, you mentioned On Writing by Stephen King which is a great book about writing. Mm-hmm. That if, if you're going to talk about it with your swoon, I won't steal your thunder. Because I have another book that uh, I really love that's about writing. And it's Bird by Bird. Ugh. 
Yes. Some instructions on writing in life by Anne Lamott. Mm. Now, the one thing about Smut that I think she did hit on the nose is her creative writing teacher and how she described her with the jewelry, the stones and all that, a very hippy dippy type of uh, uh, teacher. And I had a creative writing teacher in college who was exactly the same. So when I read that, I said, oh, that's so cool. She really pegged these creative writing teachers. But one of the books that we had to read for our creative writing class was Bird by Bird. And I knew nothing about Anne Lamott. I knew uh, I had not read many books about writing before. And I fell in love with this book. Mm -hmm. If you haven't read this book or haven't heard of this book, it's a must. It's a must read. Uh, it, 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 it just is, it's such a beautifully written, concise book about the creative process and being creative. Even if you're somebody who's not a writer, I do think that creativity is important in life. And if you are creating, however that is, whatever you want to do to be creative, you should be doing that. And I think this is a book about how to integrate that into your life and think about creativity in a new way. So bird by bird, I can't recommend this. Highly enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great book. That's really good. Have you read it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you own it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was at the bookstore before I came here to do this podcast, and I was almost going to buy a copy for you. Oh, that's so sweet. But I was, I, but for some reason, I thought you owned it, and I'm right. Yeah, I do. Yeah. That was very nice that you thought to buy it for me, because that would have been a very thoughtful gift. And I would have just not told you I already owned okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I would have just lied. But I think I remember it's on your bro- a bookshelf of yours that I've seen. It's uh, on a bookshelf in my bedroom. But yeah. I think you... <laughs> it, it's not what you think. No. Pat, it's not what you think. <laughs> it was probably from when you filmed that... You filmed something in my bedroom yes. with my husband. I was not, not what there. You th- it's not what you think. <laughs> it was, there was another woman in the bed with you. <laughs> it's not what anybody thinks. <laughs> I don't, we'll do a link to that video, though. Yeah, yeah, wait. <laughs> no, yeah. it was like a satire of it was like a really funny skit that you and producer Patty wrote that yeah. I really loved. And it really highlights my apartment beautifully. Yes. I mean, the, what you've done to that apartment. Let I know, me tell it's amazing. you. We could have a podcast about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in this vein, a book that I really loved uh, that was uh, that put creativity in a really interesting way. And I think people have mixed feelings about Elizabeth Gilbert, but I think no matter what, Big Magic is something you should read. If, you know, Clayton and I are both writers, not novelists, but a different kind of writing. And um, But I think anybody in any part of your life could really uh, appreciate it. So it's called Big Magic. And it is basically about the creative process, but put in a way that I never heard it before of creativity or ideas being muses that will drop into different people. So that sort of explains why you'll see like two movies come out that they're kind of about the same thing or like all of a sudden a bunch of books come out and they're about the same thing. It's like there are stories that are waiting to be told and they're also waiting to find the person who will tell them. And I think that's just like a very beautiful way to think of it. And I think it is also really helpful with, it's been helpful with my writing because it makes me think like the story is exists and I need to find it. And it's not necessarily like I could do anything and I can 
write it, it just doesn't make it seem so big. It seems like, okay, so how do I uncover what I'm supposed to uncover with this? Um, so I would say Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic. Also Stephen King's On Writing. Even if you're not a Stephen King fan, it is a beautiful, perfect book. And I really, I really love that as well. But we talked about it earlier. Yeah. Uh, could have done with more sex. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was perfect as it was. Um, bird by Bird is graphic. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know what those birds are up to. Oh, no. Um, all right, guys. So if you, like we said, please, you know, rate, review, subscribe, especially if you live in Wyoming. Download us or you know people who live in Wyoming. Knock on those doors, Montana. Mm-hmm. Get the ground game going. Uh, email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Just, somebody did email us just to say hi. And she's like, here's a book recommendation. I just wanted to say hi. I liked that. Yeah. Um, Twitter, we're at Learning Tropes. And Instagram, we're at Learning the Tropes. And then next week. Next week is going to be a big week. It's very special for a few reasons. One, it is a book recommendation from Maya. Uh, and she, it is Dragonbound, The Elder Races Number 1 by Thea Harrison. This book has been recommended to us actually a few different times, and it's been on a lot of lists. It's been on my list before I even started this podcast as a book I wanted to read, so I'm excited I get to talk about it. And we're going to be talking about it with our special guest, Erin Rose Chan. She's a very funny uh, writer and comedian. She's a co-host of, with Clayton's other podcast, How to Watch Movies. Mm-hmm. And um, she's she's super fun. She's super into the genre. So uh, you definitely have to come back for that one. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, that's it. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.